baobulb.org is a podcasting platform and a medium for storytelling. This podcast is also available on all the major podcasting apps, including Apple and Google Podcasts. Podcast your life with baobulb.org. Grace and peace to you from God our Creator and the Lord Jesus Christ. Today is the 25th of April 2021. It is our family worship service. Today we recall God's saving act in history. We also recall how in the fullness of time, God's own Son Jesus Christ was seen to be our Redeemer. May the Holy Spirit open our hearts and our minds to hear God's word and message of hope and salvation. Let us join together as we listen to the call to worship. Christ is risen. Come, risen Christ, and restore us. Come, risen Lord, and restore your people. Come, risen Christ, and renew your people. Come, risen Christ, and protect your people. Come, risen Christ, and heal your people. Come, risen Lord, and shepherd your people. Come, risen Christ, and bring us hope and restore us. Come, risen Lord, and redeem your people. Come, risen Christ, and strengthen us. Come, Holy Spirit, and anoint us. Restore us, Holy Spirit. The risen Lord Jesus Christ is with you and also with you. And so, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, our reading for today come to us from the Gospel according to St. John chapter 20, verses 19 to verse 23. This reading is headed by the heading, Jesus appears to his disciples. On the evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. This is the good news of Christ. Come, let us join together in prayer. Eternal God, give off life and give off light. Let this holy Easter tide shine with the radiance of the risen Christ. Renew our hearts, renew our lives. Renew our work and witness for you. Renew your church. Renew our communities. O God, shine your light into our worlds and into your world. Grant us your spirit so that your spirit draws us to Christ and help us to acknowledge Jesus as Lord. Breathing your spirit upon us, let your spirit help us to gain deeper insight into the Holy Scriptures and help us to grow a firmer, stronger faith in you as we hear and as we listen to the proclamation of the Easter Gospel. 
Let the words of my mouth be pleasing and acceptable in your sight. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, to him with you and the Holy Spirit, one blessed God, be glory and unending praise. Amen. Let us have a moment of reflection. And so, friends, our Gospel reading comes to us today from John chapter 20, verse 19 to 23. And the theme of our family worship service for today is new life. New life. And so, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, when something goes too slow to my father's liking, my father would say, Kriya bikilieva in your young. Or my mother would say, Daar sal moet lewe in hierdie situasie geblaas word. Wat beide van my ouders eindelijk bedoel is, that the situation should change so that people will feel more excited. That the situation should change so that people will be more interested in what they are doing. They are hoping that something unexplainable takes over and simply breathes new life into an existing situation. Or that the person that they are addressing gets some new energy, vitality and movement or hope in order to perform better, in order to do their task better, or in order to perform the task or the duty with the greatest degree of rejuvenation, or they could possibly mean there's one's life take on a new meaning. On that first Easter morning, the risen Lord Jesus Christ refused to be locked away in a tomb or anywhere else. The disciples locked themselves away in fear and in shock. They could not forget the cruel details of the sacrifice that Jesus made on our behalf on the cross of Calvary. They could not forget how Jesus was stripped naked and how he was beaten until he was almost not recognizable. They could not forget how the soldiers used a whip of braided leather thongs with metal balls woven into it, and how they strike the flesh of Jesus Christ with it. Jesus was whipped by the soldiers, but it did not end there for Jesus Christ. The soldiers found a thorny branch, weave this thorny branch into a mocked crown, and they plaited it, or rather I should say, and they pressed it down onto his brow. The blood started to mat down his face, filled his ears, and it cut into his eyes. Then they stripped Jesus naked, and they dressed him in a purple robe, and they mocked him, saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they spat upon him. Jesus was abused and ridiculed and treated worse than an animal. Then they forced Jesus Christ to drag a cumbersome cross up to the top of the hill called Golgotha, and there they nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. No wonder the disciples were behind locked doors out of fear and in great shock. And although they have heard from the women who went to the tomb early on that first Easter morning that the tomb is empty, he is risen, he was not there. The disciples did not believe the women. The disciples did not believe the good news 
that the women buried deep in the chambers of their hearts. Although they heard from the Apostle Mary that she had seen the Lord, the good news could not bring them out from behind the locked doors. It was there behind the locked doors that the disciples of Jesus Christ felt very safe. The words of the women that the glory of God had been revealed seemed like nonsense to all of the disciples at the time. And so the disciples locked themselves away, fearful about what had happened to Jesus, that the same might happen to them. There they were behind the locked doors, shells shut. But Jesus, who had broken out of the sealed tomb, broke through the locked doors of the room where the disciples were huddled in a corner or huddled in hiding. He came to the disciples from glory to glory with his divinity fully manifested. The Romans, who could not keep him in the sealed tomb, and the disciples, who locked the doors, could not keep him out of the room. It was the first time that the disciples had sight of the risen Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure that their eyes must have popped out of their sockets or eye sockets because on Good Friday they have witnessed how Jesus died on the cross of Calvary. So how is it possible that he can be in their presence? Because the crucifixion speaks to the end of their beloved Lord. But it was not the end because Jesus was in their midst in his glorious body. Jesus had come to them to raise them out of their state of paralysis in order to turn their sadness into joy. Jesus had come to them in order to turn their feelings of helplessness and moment of defeat into victory and their despair into hope. Jesus had come to take the bleakness of their adversity and to show them the glory of God. The disciples had become witnesses to the glory of God. If the disciples' faith were growing weak due to their desperate situation at the time, if they were even tempted to give in and to succumb to the idea that it was all over and that they can simply go back to their former way of life before they have met Jesus Christ, it was the risen Lord Jesus Christ that had come through the locked doors to call them out of their state of fear, to call them out of their state of paralysis, to call them out of this bleak and dismal situation and moment of temptation to breathe new life into them so that they can believe and trust in him and that they can have a firmer and a stronger faith in Jesus Christ. I suppose we know those moments, and many are familiar with these moments in which a family member or friend committed, uh, committed themselves to Jesus Christ, especially when they were incarcerated. But the moment some of them are released into society, they simply fall back into their former way of life, and they simply fall back into the error of their ways. 
and with prayer and assistance we hope that they will return to Christ and become a true disciple of Jesus Christ. I suppose the disciples must have also felt to go back to their former ways of life at the time. But it was the risen Lord Jesus Christ who had come to them to to breathe new life into them. Breathing on the disciples, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. They cannot enter upon this new life and new beginnings and new possibilities without the help and the assistance and the aid of the Holy Spirit. And so by breathing upon them, Jesus lifted up all burdens from their weary shoulders. He created faith in their doubting minds, and he filled their hearts with peace. The presence of the risen Lord Jesus Christ in his glorious body among his disciples renewed their faith, revitalized their spirit, and they were lifted above their fears, they were lifted above their worries, their anxieties, their moment of despondency, their state of paralysis, and defeated the temptation to go back to their former ways of living. Maybe this is exactly where Thomas found himself already because he wasn't present with the first appearance of Jesus Christ to his disciples. Christ is therefore amongst these disciples as the life source who had come to uplift their spirits, who had come to give meaning to and new meaning to their lives, who had come to make their lives worthwhile. No wonder Jesus said to his disciples at the time, As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. The risen Christ has a deep desire to express himself to each of the disciples that were present at the time. All that they need to do was to open themselves up to the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so, friends in Jesus Christ, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, is there therefore today a valid reason why you and me should live despondent and defeated lives? Is there therefore today a valid reason why you and me should turn to false sources of hope? Is there therefore today a valid reason why me and you should uh, turn to false sources of for upliftment? Is there therefore a valid reason why you and I, why we need to feel that the love and the light had gone out of our lives? Is there perhaps a reason why our faith should grow weak in the bleak and dismal situations that we may experience in life, in the winter of our souls? Why should our faith grow weak? Why should our faith grow weak in bleak and dismal situations? Refuse to be locked away in, in heaven or in any other place on earth. Our God comes to us in all circumstances. Our God comes to us in every situation in life. God comes to invade our human scenes. God comes to invade our human situations. And God comes to invade our human hearts. He comes to breathe new life into human scenes. He comes to breathe new life into human situations. And God comes to breathe new life 
into human hearts. God comes to you and me in any situation. God comes to you and me in any difficult and troubled condition in life to fill us with his spirit, to draw us unto himself and to send us out. And so today, if life continues to be for you an uphill battle, and if life continues to be for you an uphill struggle, and you are encountering one difficulty after another, encountering one setback after another, and you are unable to overcome, and you are frustrated with life, and most importantly, you are frustrated with your life, at where your life is at this very moment. Or maybe you are dis disillusioned, and you feel let down. You feel rejected, and your hopes are dashed. You are overwhelmed by a sense of failure, a sense of hopelessness, a sense of helplessness, and even powerlessness. Then rest assured this morning that our God is coming to you. And he's coming to you to keep your company. And he's coming to you to have silent communion with you. But God comes to you in these very moments to do more. He comes to breathe new life into your personal situation. And he comes to lift you up out of your moment of doubt, your moment of fear, your moment of anxiety, or even your, 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 your state of paralysis. So that you can enter upon a new life with new beginnings. All you need to do is to accept it and to embrace it. And so Jesus comes into our situation so that we may have and receive life in all its fullness. Because our God in the person of Jesus Christ died and rose again to make abundant life a reality for all who believe in him and turn to him. So let Jesus Christ fill you with the Holy Spirit, that your life has a vision, your life has a purpose and a motivating power, because without a vision, without a purpose, or without motivating power, we will accomplish nothing in life. Our lives will just be empty, and our lives will remain empty. Return to the reason for your existence, Jesus said to his disciples. And he said it with the words, As the Father has sent me. I am sending you, verse 21 of the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 20. And so Jesus is saying, if our lives was to possess meaning, if our lives was to possess a purpose, we must open ourselves to the influence of the Holy Spirit, and we will always live purposefully with a newfound sense of confidence and assurance that the risen Lord Jesus Christ has a deep desire to express God's will through us. Nothing will be insurmountable, and we will be able to cope with everything in life with the strength granted to us by the Holy Spirit. If we did not yet, we need to get started. Living purposefully, purpose-driven lives. Now, I don't mean that you should quit your job, that you should uh, quit your career, become a full-time minister, become a full-time priest, become a missionary. This is not how our God works. 
Because our God places people in our lives. He places people across our paths with whom we and only we can share the good news. The truth is that if we fail to fulfill our purpose, live uh, lackluster lives, have no vision, have no drive, or have no motivating power, and have no purpose in life, then we have just wasted our lives. Wasting the lives that God had granted us. And so, sisters and brothers in Jesus Christ, today, right now, ask the risen Lord Jesus Christ to come to you, to enter your life, and to express himself through you, so that the words ring true for you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Christ is our life source. And... It is the risen Christ that makes our lives worthwhile. Affirm the reality of his presence in your life right now. Glory be to God, our life giver. Glory be to Jesus Christ who grants us vision, power and purpose. Glory be to the Holy Spirit who gives us strength to remain true to Jesus Christ. Come along and pray this prayer with me. Lord, my life belongs to you. I dedicate my life to you. And I live for your glory. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And so friends, in Jesus Christ, uh, I want to send you out today. May the God of peace who raised to life the great shepherd of the sheep Make us ready to do his will in every good thing. Through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Go in peace to love and to serve the risen Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Don't forget to like, share and subscribe. 